Hello, and in this week's episodes, first is Exile, where Cal is going straight GTA and Metropolis until Jonathan leaves the SmackDown. Lex is presumed dead, but is just cast away. Then in Phoenix, Clark must decide whether he wants to stay or leave. Lex returns and tries to uncover the truth. This is the Smallville Chronicles. Hello, everybody. I'm one of your co-hosts, Luke Gonzalez. Joining me as always is Alan Yara. God, I've been wanting, I've been waiting to get back to, to this season. Yeah, season three is like, especially how it starts off, it's such a departure. And it from, works out from season one, and then season two. Yeah. People say that, have said that this, that season three is the the weaker, the weakest season, but they clearly have not seen season eight. Nothing oh, against yeah. Sam Weber. Yeah, and those, the, those and the great stuff he's doing right now in Supergirl. Yeah, but this, these, well, these first two episodes are like a two-parter. So they directly follow each other from the end of the first one right into the second. So we catch up to the show three months after the previous episode. And Cal is running around Metropolis wearing the red kryptonite glass ring. Going by the name of Cal, we see him. He eyeballs this like Lamborghini. Well, first we hear we get the bad music. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, what was the first song? Was it The Good Charlotte? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it starts off with Girls and Boys, uh, which is and, and, maybe and, one of the better songs that are in this episode. Yeah. We, it's that to him, like just punching out ATMs, ATM screens and like reaching in, stealing the money. Yeah, and he goes he walks, back to the. He, he goes back, goes into an, a, a sports car dealership and asks, "Hey, how much is this car?" And the lady's like, "If you have to ask, you can't afford it." And he just unzips the bag, shows her the money. She goes with him to the club. God, this is great. Yeah, and then the club is where we get our second, like, awesome, terrible early two thousand song, which is the Black Eyed Peas. Uh, what song is it? It is "Hey Mama." It's like one of their early early singles. So basically they have this, he, they're flirting with each other, they're hooking up, then she touches his chest and she asks him about the scar and he like forcibly grabs her wrist and is like, don't touch that. And she basically calls him a jerk and goes off. Which, he, which according to the bartender, happens a lot. He basically says like every night. Yeah. He's like, oh, what's the matter? Like, do you just, like, are you a priest or something? Like you come in with like the hottest girls and you leave by yourself. And he's just like, I'm just waiting for the right one. Then as Clark le- or as Cal leaves, he goes outside and he starts to get into crazy pain. He runs into a phone book, rips open his shirt, and the phone, scar- phone booth said phone book oh phone booth and rips open his shirt and the scar is glowing and he has to rip the he has to take the uh class ring off yeah and then it stops burning him and in that moment where he has it off he decides to call the house martha answers the phone and knowing that it's clark even though she can't hear anything like pleads for him to come back home and right before he can like do anything when he looks like he's about to cry he hangs up and puts the ring back on so the other thing i want to note was his hair in these two episodes much longer yeah it's not quite the 90s superman mullet but it's not too far off yeah it's getting close it's very moppy like it's very 90s like not like early 2000s like kind of pop grunge like long um like unkempt hair in okay this is gonna make okay you know how in the comics or at a certain point at a certain time in the comics superman had the the ass curl in his front on like his the top of his head yes he has he has a sort of similar thing in the back of his head or in the back of it like back of his head hair or hair well yeah his hair is like very curly so he almost has like a like a seventies kind of blowout look. Yeah, and to go back to the scar, or as he called it, a birthmark. It's clearly from what the end when at the end of season, the end of the season two finale when as he as he's leaving, Jarrell saying, "You hear Jarrell say, you will obey me.'" I think isn't there like a moment in the episode, the finale, where I think it actually like scar. I think it actually like the ship when it's like the orb actually does that to him. Yeah. Yeah. So the next day he gets up and there's a robbery at a Metropolis Bank with a bunch of dudes in clown mask robbing it. Then a motorcycle crashes through the window uh, underneath the ski mask. And it's obviously Cal. I'll refer to him during this as Cal until like we see the switch. He um, takes apart everybody. He takes like a bunch of bullets, beats the crap out of everybody, then walks outside. And there's all the cops. We see Captain oh, Maggie not- Sawyer. You're, le- you're leaving out the best part. He doesn't 
he doesn't return the money. He takes the money that they were that they were taking. Yeah, yeah. He walks out with the money. There is one cool scene. So there's him dodging the bullets, and then he catches one, and the guy looks, and he's not there anymore. And then he like taps on the shoulder and like drops the bullet, and then it's like I think he punches the guy. Yeah. Then he goes outside. All the cops start firing on him, which he's standing in front of a bank. So like yeah. the bullets that aren't hitting him are like then going into the bank. Yeah. So one one that hurt people that are that like the hostages. Yes. Well, there's a bunch of problems because there's like apparently cameras don't exist in this world like security cameras yeah atms have had cameras on them for forever but yeah we see captain sawyer who we haven't seen since the episode where martha uh, and lionel yeah when they get taken hostage hostage. after lux tries to scheme yes uh so to get out of this clark heat visions one of the cop patroller like patrolling vehicles it blows up and then he's gone with the money and then we cut from here to or and then maggie sawyer picks up the ski mask that has bullet holes through it now, from here, we go back to the Kent farm. Uh, Pete is talking to Jonathan and Martha, and we see the Daily Planet front page. And they're like, Pete's like, this is obviously Clark. And he's doing this, and everything is escalating. And it's only going to get worse. And Jonathan's like, I'm going to go and stop him. And Martha's like, you don't know what he'll do with the red kryptonite. Like, he might even hurt you. And Jonathan just is like, crap. Yeah, he, right. she might, she says that he doesn't. He went to Metop- Metropolis. He doesn't want to be found. And she, I think this is also where she mentions, like, he called the other day, like, he's, like, something is, like, changing. Yeah. Because that appears to be, like, the first time he's called. And then we cut to the Talon, where Chloe sees Lana. They have not been talking during the summer. And then we get all the reveals, because this is, like, I guess it's yeah. supposed to be the end of summer vacation, this episode. Yeah. So Lana basically is never at home because she's been living with Chloe. Chloe's been working in Metropolis because of her deal with Lionel. And basically says that she's going to go to Lex's funeral with the Kents and not with Chloe and her dad, which again teases the fact that the last time we saw Lex was the him waking up and there was nobody in the plane and it was nosediving into the ocean. Yeah. So she tells Lana that like he made a conscious decision to run away and that she should kind of give up on it. And I think this is where Lana tells her that she loves him, that she loves Clark. Yeah. And they basically have this conversation and Chloe's kind of like, yeah, well, I know what it's like to like have your heart broken by him, which is this entire conversation is very different once you find out kind of what Chloe knows, because it's like, wow, Chloe's kind of being a shit. If you look at it a certain like once you find out the information, like it seems like she's trying to be nice. But when you find out the truth behind it, it's like, oh, she's kind of being a dick to Lana here, like telling her to move on in many ways. I'm not sure. Did you think about it that way or did you not even... I just, Chloe was being, or yeah, Chloe was just being very bitchy. Yeah, she's being very shady and like weird in this episode. So from here, we have. Don't we tra- go to Lex on the island? Or is that after no, the, the funeral? No, the next thing we go to is the penthouse. Um, and there's a bed and two guys come in. They open fire on the bed. Oh, and then the-, the guy, also the ginger, with the Irish ginger with the face tattoos. Oh my God. I didn't notice the face tattoos till like way further along. And I was like, wh- I'm like, that has to be real because it's so bad. I'm like, if that's. Yeah. There's no way that it can be CG. Well, like if they or like an effect, like or they like makeup did it because it's just like it's so terrible. But I, bet, I guess it gets them a lot of work, but like it's terrible looking. So these guys, he Cal gets up, takes them out. And as he goes into the other room, he is greeted by Morgan Edge. Uh, so Morgan Edge is played by Rutger Hauer in this episode. And of True Blood fame. <laughs> yeah, Rucker Howers has done many more things than True Blood. <laughs> hey, he was the, he was a great fairy. So, do you want to give a little character background on Morgan Edge? Like, I mostly know him from the later stuff, and like, I think he was in the cartoon at some point, wasn't he? The Sm- Superman yeah, animated series. Yeah. So, but like, as far as I know, he's kind of just like this gangster, and is he like connected to Intergang? Yeah, he's connected to Intergang, Superman Revenge, Revenge Squad, and Galaxy Communications. Yeah, so he's like a, I don't know how to describe this, like, if Lex is like white-collar, like, criminal, he's like a step below that? Yeah, he was he was actually created in 1970 by the king, Jack Kirby. Okay, cool. I'm trying to think how I would describe him. Like, he's kind of like the Penguin in many ways, I would say. Like, yeah. he's, like, has that underground criminal connection, but he has, like, this weird, like, not so, like, so so obviously not legitimate front. But he will play heavily, like, him in this show plays heavily into the story of the season, this character specifically. Yeah, and there was, there was the failed 
uh, reboot version of Morgan Edge in New 52 with where he was bald, black, he had a goatee. He was the owner of the, D- the Daily Planet. Oh, yes, I remember that. And he, he wanted, so he was like tanking the newspaper. Yeah, he... Yeah, he like bought the he bought the Daily Planet from Lex, I think. No, no, that it actually after before rebirth in last issue of the Justice League series, it, it there's just a little mention that Lex bought the Daily Planet from him. Yeah, they I, they just don't know what to do with that character because he is like he doesn't make sense in many ways to be a Superman antagonist because he's like kind of too low rent. Yeah, and he he did come back to live action in in the bad season of Supergirl. Oh, I don't even remember. Is that season three? Yeah. Okay. I did. I watched like half of that season, so I don't even remember. He's played by uh, Peter Petre- Nathan Petrelli from Heroes. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, it was actually a really good version. I thought I knew that character in that show, but I guess. Oh, you know what? I, I remember him because he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a while. Yeah, Glenn That's Talbot. what I'm thinking. Yeah. All right, I'll have to like look at that. But yeah, but Morgan Edge is an interesting character in this show. This show's probably done the most of the character than anything else. And he's only involved in this one season. So from here, basically, Edge gives Clark an offer of like, you know, you were hanging out at my bar last night and then you interrupted my guys at the bank robbery. I don't think it's a coincidence. And Cal's just like, oh, whatever. And he's like, well, if you ever want to move up to the big league, you know, from doing these dumb things, you know, get a hold of me and I can find some real amazing work for you. And he also says, like, I wanted to hear if the rumors were true kind of a thing. Because Clark is apparently like, or Cal is like not shy about just like running around, letting people just shoot him and stare at them. Yeah. And holy shit. He, and what was in Clark, the new adventure Superman? He was, he, there was a, a mash, like a, or a mixture of him and Bruno Mannheim called, character called Bill Church Jr. Played by Bruce fucking Campbell. Oh, wow. The only yeah. the only character I remember in the Avengers of Lois and Clark is the dude who is just a head on like on a box. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I will have to find it and send it to you. There's a guy in that show who is just like he is like his body was so ravaged, but he's like a genius. I, I'm in awe. I mean, I don't know how I don't know. I don't know how to process that. Yeah, let me try to find a picture. Yeah, man. I will have to find it later because I don't remember. Like, I don't remember the character's name or what season. All I remember. All right. Well, I'll have to find it later. So back to the show. This is where we find Chloe's meeting Lionel in the Kawachi Caves. He is basically like your thing on Clark is like there's nothing in it. And she's like, well, he left. And he kind of grills her about whether or not she knows where he went. And he also brings up the fact that the the octagonal spot in the wall is now gone gone. and basically threatens her that like if she if he doesn't get any new information then her opportunities will disappear yeah and now this is where we cut to see where lex is so lex we cut to him basically like an overhead view where he's shirtless on a beach cut up in like cut bruised blistered like sunburnt with malaria yeah, well, they say that, and I guess we end up figuring that out later on, but we don't know that. Or no, like, the, the character Lewis is basically like, oh, you passed out again from malaria. Yeah, the character Lewis, played by Ryan Robbins, who was on Arrow as Conklin. He, he, this was during season four when they were trying to do Damien Dark. Oh, I don't even remember this yet. I'll have to wait and see. He, uh, do you remember the Con- John Constantine episode? Of this show? No, of uh, Arrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when he when he put trans like takes the work like takes a tattoo that he has on him? Oh yeah, or, and puts it onto Oliver. Yeah, Conk Conk. Okay, I'm gonna spoil it a little bit. Arrow Conklin dies or gets ki- killed by uh, Baron Ryder, and Conklin is about to kill Oliver and the girl who. Oh, okay, I remember this part. The uh, yeah, the guy that ends up having the totem on the island, the um, military guy. That's Conklin. No, Conklin was his was under like under him in terms of like okay okay yeah in terms of rank and everything. And oh, he, I remember he was, him. Yeah, he was also in the Mortal Kombat Legacy uh, web series where he he played Raiden. It's actually one of the probably one of the best depictions of Ra- Raiden, and Ed Boon had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, he's Ryan Robbins has done a lot of stuff. He was he was on Sanctuary. He was on Stargate Atlantis. Well, he does a really good job in this episode. So basically, Lewis is another person. His name is Lewis Leary. And it is, I feel like it's pretty obvious early on, but I still think they do a good job of 
Like they, so he's the only other person on the island. Every part of his story is a mirror of Lex. And he's basically telling Lex this entire time, you shouldn't leave. This is paradise. You know that she's the one that set you up. And Lex is like, don't say Helen's name. She's like, oh, it could have been your father. Like, that's what they do. And is like, why do you want to go back to that world? Like, everybody's evil there. Here is simple. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to just say this quote, Lex, even though it's from the second episode. Or when his, his reunion, like him and Clark re- reuniting, his saying that even... Like, even when I was alone, I still managed to find an enemy. Exactly. So we basically get, like, this really cool scene of, like, Lex is eating bugs. He's um, eating maggots. Yes. Um, and then a plane goes overhead. He tries to signal, but Lewis didn't do anything. He basically loses his shit on Lewis. And Lewis is basically like, you need to accept that you're, like, stuck here. Like, they're never going to see your fire. And then we directly cut from here to Lionel giving a speech at Lex's funeral. And Dr. Bryce shows up. Cra- she kind of crashes it in a way. Yeah. And, and Lionel, not that she's crashing it, she is married to Lex. But, but we, Lionel is, he is not, he's so not taking her shit. Yeah, he's like, oh, you could have waited to play the grieving widow. And he's like, I won't let you do, like, ruin the thing. And he literally, like, walks off. We see Lana with the Kents. I believe and we see Chloe there as well. And then she turns, Lana turns and sees Clark Clark in the background. And during all this, we get to, we hear Helen's telling her of story. The story. Yes. Which is, all of the stories the, are ridiculous. But basically the story is that like. There's like three stories. Yeah. So this first one is Helen wakes up. She had only taken a sip of her champagne while Lex drank the whole glass. The pilot was gone, as was the money. I don't know what money they had on them was gone. And the rivals they had were gone. Yeah. She tries to wake Lex. He won't wake up and she freaks out. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. No, Lex. Lex, Lex, there's only one parachute and Lex gives it to her. And and basically pushes her out. And goes down with the plane. So yeah. I was mixing it up with the second story. And basically, and then we cut back to Lana sees Clark. She tries to find him. And I believe this is when we see Chloe shows up at Clark's penthouse apartment and tries to get Clark to come home. He flips the fuck out on her. Like, he goes nuts, so, like, screaming in her face. Yeah. And- like, I was watching, I've been watching every time, like, whenever I upload any of the LPs I'm doing, I've been doing lately on the Losaro Games YouTube channel. Subscribe, by the way. <laughs> nice plug. I don't know why, I don't know how, like, but all the recommended for you videos are Smallville stuff, like cons, like that Welling and Rosenbaum did. And he, and Welling mentioned that, other, I think it was other, he mentioned it, or someone else mentioned that, and it was like, and he agreed that, or he's, he liked doing the, different takes or the different effects the kryptonite had on oh yeah well it lets him play it's kind of like his version of kavanaugh as wells although in yeah. this it's only like one episode that they'll do one or two episodes but yeah he basically he does lose his shit in this because he starts to feel the pain so he doesn't want her to see that and that's why he like yells at her to get out and the second she gets out he rips open his shirt again and, and the the uh the scar starts it's like glowing and burning yeah, and he has to take the ring off. And she, he first, or two things. He, she, uh, Chloe mentions that if you're done with Smallville, what, or if you're never coming back to Smallville, why are you still wearing the class ring? Which I didn't, I, I enjoyed. That someone, that no one, normally they wouldn't make, mention that small detail. And he threatens to, that if she comes back, he'll run away, he'll run away far, to some place where he can never be found. Yeah, it definitely was like a good call that she's like noticing him doing that and he has to like explain it away. And then I believe, let's see. So he takes off the ring. And then without this, we see Clark is now in the loft. And he overhears his parents because they are losing the farm. And they are packing up a truck with all their stuff. And we get a really, like, devastating story about, like, that they are hearing, that they're talking about. where All about how when they found out that Martha couldn't have children. Yes. Well, they don't specifically say Martha. They say that they couldn't have children. Oh, uh, yeah. But I believe later on, it's definitely, like, that she couldn't have children. Yeah, basing it off last season and, and what the ship, uh, how she said it, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. And they also say that they are going to move into the apartment above the Talon and that they're going to store all their stuff at Pete's parents' uh, storage unit or barn or something. Yeah. yeah. And then basically Martha hears like... She hears sounds from the from where Clark would usually be. Yes. And, and they she, run up there... And find the family photo on the on, on the ground. And then... 
Martha tries yelling out for Clark to come home. But he's already gone. Yeah. So the next thing we have is when at the town again, and Chloe basically comes clean that she knows where Clark is and that she's known for a couple of, she's known like for basically, for months. Yeah, for like since the jump, because it's been three months. And she says she like found out after a couple of weeks. Yeah, she said that she was at a party or that her and her and the other interns were going, went out to a nightclub and she saw Clark there, which. And somehow they, he told her, or she, or no, she said she followed him back, and she, she said she, she won't tell anyone. Yeah, because the impetus for all this is that she is that Lana was going to said that she saw him at the funeral and was going to go gonna hang up, up flyers. Yeah, one of our yeah missing posters. Yeah, Lana like loses her shit on Chloe, which and, is she is very just. Yes, and Chloe's like, well, it's not like you didn't lie to me, and she's like, I said you were sorry over and over again. And Chloe's like, so why can't we just call this even? And she's like, because you knew like everybody's been looking at looking for him and been so worried, like his parents. And this is where she says like, oh, I was afraid that like he basically told me that if I told anyone that he would go somewhere where nobody could find him. And she was like, I just wanted to be like a tether for him. And that she was always, she also liked being somebody he could confide in. Yeah. And, and then basically he's like, do you want me to take you there? And she's like, no, I think you've done enough. You can just give me the address. And I don't know if it was the Wonder Woman pilot, but I was rewatching it. Like I watched it last week and I are these two episodes last week. So I started watching them again earlier and man, was it, it made it even better. Oh yeah. These episodes are really good. There are some like poor effects in some spots, but otherwise they are fine. Like there are poor effects in 2019, but like for the time they are fine. So Lana shows up to the apartment. She sees Clark outside the motorcycle and he's like, well, I'm actually glad that you're here. She says that she's not going to let him go this time. And he tells her to get on. Yeah. And they go to the night, the nightclub. Uh, no, this is where we jump back to Lex. Oh yeah. So he's, Lex. This is a scene where he finds where he almost gets killed by Lewis. Yeah. So he's using the compass Jonathan gave him and he finds a body. He's drinking water and he finds a body floating in it with a necklace with LL on it. Which you, which what has to, which he thinks or well, which he. It's pretty obvious that like when everything is kind of figured out that it's LL for Lionel Luther, but. Lewis appears and basically says, like, I killed him. Only one of us could have survived. It was me or him. And basically Lewis, like, Lex calls him a psycho. And Lewis starts chasing Lex through the jungle. And is like, with a machete. Yeah, I know, like, every inch of this island. And then Lex is kind of hiding. Then we cut to the club. Yeah. And they're in there. Lana's, like, super uncomfortable. And then... The bartender call, calls Clark Cal. And Lana's saying, when, since when did you go by... Have you been going by Cal? Yeah, and he says, oh, it's my secret identity. And then this is where they make out for a second. And then Lana walks away to the, says she's going to the bathroom. And then she calls Jonathan and, like, tells him about it. But then he tells her, like, if he starts acting weird to just leave him, he'll figure it out. But that that doesn't happen. No, Clark walks in on her, sees, or sees, walks over and sees that she's on the phone, takes the phone from her and is like, oh, hi, Jonathan. Like, leave me alone. I don't want to see you, like, go away. You're not my real parents. You're probably even, ha you're probably, like. Better off uh, without me. Yeah, and happier. And Twitch, Twitch Martha says, or no, he mentions, also mentions the baby. Yes. And she, and they, and Martha says, we, we'd never be mad at you if it wasn't your fault. Yeah, and Lana basically, like, freaks out and leaves. Or I think, actually, she, like, gets weirded out. Clark, like, says that she betrayed him. And if she loved him, she wouldn't have done that. And this is when... So while this is going on simultaneously, Jonathan goes to the garage or the barn and he takes out the key. The and goes to the cave. Yes. At the same time, Clark goes to Morgan Edge and this is where we find out that he wants him to steal something from Lionel's vault. Yeah, he gives him a card and, he's, and Clark or Cal, whatever, he chuckles and says, Luther Corp Plaza. He's like, oh, it'll be my pleasure. Yeah. And then we cut back to the island. Now, this is like this episode, like picks up and is awesome from this point. So we go yeah. back to the island. Um, Lex and Lewis are fighting. Lex gets the machete, ends up hacking Lewis. Like we see like kind of up from the sand, like Lex is just like hacking at the sand. And then we hear like a kind of Caribbean voice say like, hey, man, are you OK? And he turns around and looks and it's like, like, I had to do it. It was me or him. Like, I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I had to kill him. He's like, kill who? It's just the two of us here. And Lex turns around and it's just like a pile of seaweed or like some sort of plant debris on the ground. And he's like looking through it. 
And then he's like, hey, man, we saw me and my like, captain saw like your fire from like our, our ship. And he's like, don't worry about it, man. These islands are like evil and they play tricks on your mind. And then so we leave that. But it's, it's a really intense scene, especially when like Rosenbaum does a great job with his like frenzied, like he's like scared and also like insane at the same time. But he has also been alone on an island for three months. So then we cut to, yeah, Jonathan at the Kawachi Caves and he can't find the keyhole. He starts freaking out and like yelling at it. It's like he was too, it was too early. He wasn't ready for it. And then he smashes the key into the wall and then it drops it to the ground and then it starts to glow. And then he is addressed by, it like flies up and then goes into the wall. And there's like the light show happening, just like it did with Dr. Glasses. And then we get entered into like a mindscape. Like, I don't know, how else would you describe it? Because it's all taking place like in Jonathan's head, right? Yeah, well, a similar thing happens in the series finale, where it's sort of in his head also. Basically him and Jor-El con- conversing. Uh, Jonathan mentions that you need to bring him back, and Jor-El says... That is your job. Jonathan also mentions that he's the one who that he's the one who raised him. It's his son. Yeah, and Jorel says like he doesn't need you for this part of his journey. Yeah, it is a very interesting like where it's like father on father, and basically it ends with Jorel saying like if you want to bring him back, like are you willing to sacrifice anything? And Jonathan says I would sacrifice anything to save my son. Yeah, there are there are a couple like great lines because the first one is like I am Jarrell, the true father of Kal-El, and Jonathan says his name is Clark Kent. I am his father. I raised him. So this is like a great scene. And then I believe we cut to the line uh Clark breaking into the safe. He opens it. He grabs the pat like the it's like a little silver box and turns around and Jonathan is there. And then they basically have a fight through the building. Like, or no, Clark punches him and he goes flying into the wall, breaking this, like the cement. And then Jonathan gets up and Clark's like, or I guess Cal's like, oh shit. And it's like, oh, what happened to you? And he's like, me and your, me and your biological father had like a talk. And he's like, oh, of course the two of you would get along so well because you both just want to tell me what to do. And then they like slam each other. I'm trying to remember how it works. I think Clark throws a punch at Jonathan who like sidesteps it and like judo tosses him through the floor. Yeah, they end up going through into like the like the the bowels of the uh, building. Yeah. Oh, and then they end up throwing. They get thrown. Okay, they get thrown out of the building, and then they fall through the ground, uh, sixty stories below, and like land, go through the street and like land in the kind of bowels of the tower, like the kind of sewer and electrical system. Yeah. Yeah, and they have a fight here. Jonathan like throws Clark at some point and a bunch of like scaffolding falls on him. Clark gets up and he goes to punch Jonathan or he has Jonathan pinned and Jonathan's like, uh, if you're going to do it, do it. I didn't raise my son to be a killer. So if you're going to kill, like do it now. And Clark punches the uh, steel beam and breaks the class ring or, or the red kryptonite ring. And that's where the episode ends, or does it? Oh, or did, uh, we actually know. We we actually jumped already into the next episode. So the it, the episode ends when they are falling out of the window, and with a to be continued. Yes, and it immediately picks up with this fight. Um, Jonathan sees the scar on Clark's chest. He's like freaking out about like like he I did just, this to you. Yeah, because it first starts off where like he Clark takes Kyle takes off the jacket. Then after the scaffolding falls on him, he rips off of, he rips off his shirt, and then you see the scar. The scar actually starts glowing and. Then yeah, he punches the wall and it shatters. So yeah, that and, whole fight sequence crosses the episodes. And then the the uh, scar dis- disappears. Yes, the scar disappears. Jonathan passes out, and you kind of see like some sort of essence leave him. I think which was the the powers that Jarrell gave him. Yes, and then they arrive home. Clark, Clark and Jonathan go arrive at home. Martha runs into him and he apologizes for anything. Everything. Jonathan collapses, and they're like, "What did you do?" And that whatever Jorel did to him was too much for his body to handle. Then we get the awesome scene, which one of my favorite scenes was Lionel's on the phone with somebody talking about the stolen package. The place is totally like messed up. And then we see a hooded figure approach from behind him and who I'm, I wish I could remember the line that he says. But basically, like Lex reveals some or he says something like the prodigal son has returned. And Lionel, like, turns off his phone and it's like, oh, my God, Lex. And then Lex pulls out a gun on him. And they basically have this conversation. And Lionel's like, I, what would I gain from doing this? It was your wife. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, where is Helen? What'd you do to her? He's like, do to her. She's in the mansion living the life of luxury. And basically informs Lex of the story that she told. 
And he's like, he's like, you know, um, that the, I never really thought it made sense. I had people searching half the earth for you. And Lex says, well, they were searching the wrong half. Okay. I found, I found the uh, quote or what, like, what Lex says. Okay. So it's him in the shadows. Abraham threw Isaac on the pyre to prove his faith to God. What was your excuse, dad? He reveals oh, himself. Lex. He pulls out a gun, disappointed I'm not basking in the hot fires of hell. Lex, I, sorry, I screwed up your plan. Yeah, it's so good. And then uh, Lionel tells Lex, why don't you ask her what she did with that vial of blood after you returned it to her? And then we go from here to the Kawachi cave with Clark and Jonathan. And this is where Jonathan reveals that he made a deal with Jorel to get Clark back and that he would do whatever. And this is where Clark says that their problems might not be over with and reveals that he has the package that Morgan is- Edge. And which is his blood. Yes. So they open, I believe they open it up at the barn. Yeah. This is one of the really great scenes. Yeah. And they're figuring out, they're like, holy shit. Why does Lionel have this? Like the doctor said that she wouldn't show it to anybody, which means she obviously lied. And why would Edge want it? And like, how much does uh, Lionel actually know? And they kind of have this whole like kind of thing, and they're just. I like, like the. Way, I love the way they were testing to see if it was Clark's blood, like what the what they did with the crypt. The crypt right? Oh yeah, that was awesome. How it just started like bubbling. Yeah, like boiling. And I actually love the like kind of. I was like, oh, what are they gonna do with this? And like Jonathan, like actually, it's kind of in the background. Like you see Clark moving around, and Jonathan's like several steps behind him, and just like turns and like whips it against the wall, shattering it. It's like not even a second thought. He's like, nope, yeah. this is gone. Got to destroy this. And then this is. I believe where we cut to Morgan Edge showing up at Lionel's office and basically is like, this is when we get kind of the foreshadowing of events that lead to the end of the season. Yes. So basically these guys are kind of frenemies. They have a deep history. We learn, well, we don't really learn much. We just kind of, it's It's implied about, about murder. Yes. And that Morgan Edge is the only person that knows about it, but Lionel has the evidence so in case Morgan had tried to do anything, Lex, or not Lex, Lionel could flip it yes. right back on him. So he basically tells him, and he also reveals that he knew about it because he paid off Helen. Yeah. And so he basically says, like, oh, what do you think the plan was? So she sold it to me, and then you were going to steal it and sell it back to me again and split the money. At a higher price. Yeah. And he's basically like, you have 24 hours to get it back to me, or, like, uh, I'm going to send, have you get sent to jail. Yeah. And so then we get the Clark scene at the Talon, which is fine. Like, it's just it's just a lot of like, you know, I'm sorry. I know you're sorry. Like, I don't want to do this to you. I don't even know if I'm staying. And then we get the Lana goes into the back room and is crying while Clark looks on. I don't know. Is there anything you want to talk about in this scene or I didn't think it was a bad scene and I thought it was like necessary story wise, but I don't really think a whole lot goes on here. Yeah, it's really not much like nothing much happens yeah. compared to like the other scene at the end, I think is a little bit better than this. It's still it's something I'm not particularly interested in, but I do think the other scene is better, but it does good. It does a good job of showing where Lana is. Because the roles have kind of reversed in these two episodes with Lana and Clark, where she's the one pursuing Clark. Yeah. So from here, we cut to the mansion where Helen has come back. She has a bunch of shopping bags. And then Lex is basically like, hey. And they embrace. And she's like, oh, like, you know, I want to tell a story that happened. And then she says the story that actually happened, which is that um she she had uh lionel's pilot killed hired one of her someone else had his drink spiked or drugged had had the planes touch down on some place where she, she could be easily found no 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 that's the one at the end so oh, this is the yeah. first the, so this, this is the second story which is when she says that she only had a sip and you had the whole glass i tried to wake you but you wouldn't wake up the pilot was already gone and so, like, I took the lot, I took the parachute, and she's like, "In those moments, you think you're going to be braver than you are, but I guess like um, yourself will just kind of you like you do whatever you can to protect yourself." And basically, like, tells him that she still loves him, but if he wants that, they can annul the, the marriage, and that's kind of where we leave that scene. And then we go to the Kent farm, and Morgan Edge shows up with no, his fir- first he. Is this the first appearance? Yes, this is the first appearance. So Edge shows up and Clark's like, yeah, I don't have the thing. And Edge is like, I'm going to call the police. Yeah, and then Clark rips the fucking door off, takes Morgan Edge and like it has his like his guy like puts the gun to Clark. And then Edge is like, oh, that's not going to do anything. Tells him to put it down. 
and Clark just basically says, never come to Smallville again. And it's kind of, yeah, or else. And it's kind of like from reading people, I guess, read into it that he's pretending, but I felt like this was more of, he was not, not that he's obviously not under the red kryptonite, but he's kind of like learning to let himself like not hold back as much, especially to somebody who kind of knows that version. So it's like a half pretending kind of thing. And it kind of ties into the stuff at the, like the conversation with Lana at the end of the episode where this is like part of him. And again, with the stuff with Lex that we'll get to, like, this is him letting out a little bit of that darkness. I do think it's good. And him ripping off the door is like super badass. Very. And, and Edge has to leave with like his town car that's missing a door. So then Clark continues his apology tour and goes to Chloe and thanks her for not telling anybody. And Chloe basically tells him you need to stop running away and face your demons. And that's kind of all we get in that scene. Then we get to Clark is packing up the truck and Lex shows up and Clark is like stunned. And Lex makes the joke of, oh, be, like being stuck on that island for three months was, was almost worth the look on your face right now. And basically they have this conversation and yeah, they talk about where the line he says is like, oh, when I was all by myself, like I still managed to find an enemy. I don't know if it was like the isolation or the malaria, but I ended up being rescued. So uh, did the ba- Morgan Edge's bald thug or henchman look familiar? Yes. What is he from? He's may he mainly he's mainly a uh, stunt guy, but he's been in stuff like he's been in X- X-Men Apocalypse, Star Trek Beyond. Uh, Supernatural. He was actually on The Flash and Arrow. Oh, oh, he's probably like one of those like stunt guys that does a lot of on camera work, like where he gets to show his face. Yeah, he on Arrow. He was in uh, the episode Chains. It was the it was an episode the episode where Black Siren launches an attack on Star City. Okay, this was during the like when it was like the two like the two teams against each other when Caden James was ransoming money from Oliver. Ah, yes. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll have to, I'm sure he'll pop up and stuff again. Um, Our next scene is the Chloe and Lana scene, which is basically the ramifications of Chloe lying. And she's like, you know, Clark put this pressure on me and he's more comfortable. And this is like, Lana's like, oh, I wish he would confide in me. And Chloe's like, yeah, he's probably more comfortable confiding in me because he's not in love with me. And that's where that kind of ends. And then we go to the mansion where Helen is talking to Lex and he basically is like, oh, why don't we go? You know, I know it was messed up, but and she's like packing up her stuff to give him her give him her uh, give for her to give him space. And he's like, well, instead, why don't we like try to actually do this honeymoon thing again for real this time? Yeah. And going back to the Clark Luther or Clark uh, Lex stuff, I just like I just like the little Easter egg. Well, how like the line that Lex, Lex says, well, apparently fate has bigger plans for me. Yes. And he keeps tying, he ties into that again later on as well. And so from here, Clark goes back into the barn and he sees Edge and... No, no. He says, Mom, Dad, and Morgan Edge answers. Yes, yes, yes. And basically, so one of Edge's goons has um, Martha, John. she's tied up to like a post. And then Clark goes to move and Edge is like, no, 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 and like points. And then the Jonathan other goon comes out of nowhere. Yeah, like throws Jonathan down and puts a gun to his head. He's like, I know you're fast, but you're not that fast. And he's like, I need the thing. And he's like, well, it's just like, kind of says that like they don't have it. And he's like, well, I need it. And he basically goes like, all right, fine. And goes into the toolbox and opens up the lead box then pulls out a piece of kryptonite and carves into his wrist, which the that the putting into his wrist thing looks really terrible. It's obviously like he's just touching his wrist and they put like red dye and then they yeah. cut away. But the natural blood effect, like whatever they use to make that blood look really good, like it looked like blood. And he like bleeds into a mason jar and Edge is like, what is this? And he's like, this is what you're looking for. And, you know, it's obviously not the original, but this was what was in there. And he's like, well, if it's not, we'll have to see about this. And Edge, like, tight closes the bottle and leaves, but the thugs stay. And um, so I believe we next see the thugs are taping up the kryptonite to Lex, uh, to Clark's chest. And then putting him in the the, uh, truck, the moving truck. Um, I don't think they're putting him in the truck. Are they putting him in the truck now? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think they're putting him in the truck, and then we cut to this is all kind of happening simultaneously. Then yeah, then Lana comes by. Uh, well, before Lana comes by, we have Lionel meeting with um, with Edge. Edge has like the bag, and he like look, and Lionel looks at it and takes it to his car. And then I don't. This character has a name, but I don't think we've seen her yet. Doctor Tang. She takes like a thing and tests it on some like briefcase computer and confirms it. 
And Lionel's like, all right, we're all good. And as yeah, he's leaving, this is the blood you're looking for. Yes. <laughs> and basically their edge is like, well, why did you just need the vial or whatever? It's like, oh, the, like my source from before could never gave me up like where it came from. And he's like, well, this isn't the sample that I stole from you. This is fresh from the source. And Lionel like kind of gives a smirk. And I believe this is where we cut to the Lex on the plane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is where we find out what really happened. So they're sitting on the plane. It's in the air. And he's basically like, um, you know, she, she takes a drink. He doesn't. Or she goes to take one and he puts his glass down so she doesn't. And he's basically like, you know, I did my research where I landed. We did not have enough fuel to where like the plane crashed. We didn't have enough fuel to get to. I saw there was a plane that landed at St. Croix at 759. So you paid the pilot. You replaced my pilot with your own. You had him. I got drugged. He dropped you off and then he bailed out of the plane. And he probably he probably uh, didn't didn't expect to have his not open. Yes, his parachute not operate. Yes. So she basically is like, you know, what's the sad, like, she's like, what's the sad thing is that the, the only reason, re- the reason he didn't get a bullet in his head is because she fell in love with him. Yeah. So she pulls a gun on him. They wrestle away. The pilot gets shot because that always happens in these things. Yeah. He gets sh- the way that I don't get how the, the, tra- the trajectory of the bullet. Yeah. It, it like, it went, of, like it went it through is- the, his heart. Like he gets shot like once. And I guess it's like a direct heart shot. And he like dies immediately because he's bleeding from the chest. And yeah. so Lex fights her off. He goes into the cockpit, gets a goes into the co-pilot seat, and he and, walks behind him, and she's gone. And she's the door's the open, or yes. that she's out the door. And so I like. She, and then then we go back to, or I just love this the the following scene with him and Lionel. Yeah, we're almost there. So I can't, I can't wait. while this is going on, you have so simultaneously the thugs are driving Clark to the pier where Lionel and Edge are at the barn. Lana shows up. She gets brought into there. She does her kung fu moves that Lex taught her. Then runs away. Martha trips the guy. Because only one of them is there. Only the like uh, racially ambiguous, I guess maybe he's black guy, is there. And then basically Lana... In, in the like credits are in, he's credited as Bald Thug. Okay, Bald Thug, not Tattoo Thug. Bald, tattoo Thug is with Edge. Bald no, Thug gets... He's, tattooed, he's uh, credited as Blonde Thug. Oh, God. All right. So yeah. Bald Thug, basically him and Lana scuffle. He stumbles back and takes a, fit, a pitchfork to the chest. So Lana... Yeah, she should have killed him. Yeah, he dies. Lana gets the, you know, the Kents out. We cut back to the other scene and the truck pulls up. And so it's Edge and Tattoo Guy, Lionel and his bodyguard. And they're like about stuff. And Lionel goes with his bodyguard to go check on it. Clark is tied up in there. He's able to, which for some reason in this episode, he's able to do a lot more when Kryptonite's around him than ever before. Yeah. Like, cause he straight up pulls the tape off. Usually in all the other episodes, he's really like almost catatonic and he's able to pull the, the tape off and like throw it. Yeah, he takes it, throws it uh, to the back, to the front, or to the truck. And And for some reason, they put in their moving truck a propane propane tank from their, I guess, a grill or something. But there's, like, other things in there, too, that are flammable. But he blows up the truck. And do you notice what he breaks to get the glass? Oh, was it a picture? Family family photo. Oh, the family photo from the previous one. Yeah. Yeah. So he breaks that. He cuts open. He cuts out, uh, cuts the duct tape off of his hands. Yeah, and then he heat visions the propane. The truck blows up right as Lionel's getting close. They get thrown. Lionel's like, it's a goddamn setup. You're trying to kill me. Freaks out. Edge is like, no, no, I swear no. And they start a gunfight. Edge, uh, tattoo guy gets shot up. No, no, no. He starts it. He starts shooting at Lionel and Lionel's guy with him. Then Lionel's security guy shoots him and he does a very bad death or he dies in a very shitty way. And when I say shitty, I mean not not perform well. Yes. Yeah, and, and then Morgan Edge gets shot and falls into the water, and we see, we then see someone uh, and a hand come up and well, a yeah, spark. Yeah, Lionel gets taken away by his people, and then yes, a hand starts pulling themselves up, and it's Clark. So also, he pulls it- after Morgan Edge falls into the wa- into the water, Lionel still actually is still concerned about Morgan. Yeah, he keeps telling like, "Where's Morgan? Where's Morgan?" Yeah, which will tie into you later episode. So. Lex shows up at home. This is where we have the awesome conversation with him and Lionel. Yeah, where and, he, Lionel's like, you really think I don't survey, have surveillance cameras on my planes? Yeah. So and it's like, oh, it was a masterful move. And it's like, do you want my people to go look for her? He's like, no, I have somebody on it. But I don't think anyone is going to find her unless she wants them to. Which yeah. I believe she never comes back again. Oh, no, she doesn't. She's, she's yeah. gone. So this is ex-wife number two for Lex. 
Yeah. In three seasons. <laughs> um, so they have this awesome thing. And I believe he also Lex is this is where he says, like, ask him if the offer still stands for him to run Luther Corp with his father. And Lionel's yeah, like, are you sure about this? He says that everything uh, Lionel taught him made, helped him survive on the island. Yes. And he knows that there's like a bunch more he can learn about him. And Lionel accepts. Lex looks like kind of happy. And Lionel's like really freaked out. Yeah, and then there is the moment with the Kents and and Lux next. Yes, this is yeah, and this was actually a really good scene. So basically, yeah, they're finishing packing up, and uh, Lex. Can I just can I say yeah. the the lines? Okay. Go yeah, go through it. Martha says you borrowed our farm. Lex says I put your names in the deed. Jonathan says we can't accept this. Lux says there's nothing to accept but my gratitude. Jonathan Ken says Lux. Why is it like like Lux? What do you mean? Lux says after the plane went down, I made my way to, into one of the onto one of the broken wings. This compass, your wedding present, guided me to safe harbor. The second deal was key help you keep your farm. Uh, and Jonathan says, "Oh, we will find some way to pay you back." And Lex says, "I'm not worried about that, Mister Kent. It's not too if it's not too presumptuous. I hope you just consider me part of the family." Which, god damn, is that a good way to? pay pay off something in a previous episode yeah like those last two those two scenes are so good because it sets up so much interesting stuff and pays off like stuff between lex and lionel and then with the kents and lex and clark is just like ear to ear smile during that whole scene with the kents and then there's a scene with lana right yeah so the final scene in the episode is clark is hanging back up the sign that says kent farm lana shows up on the horse and they have a conversation where basically he's like, yes, like, I want to put that behind me. But like what you saw was part of me. It's like it's I have I, actually the exact. OK, yeah. If you want to. Re- he says, Lana, last year I tried to be I tried so hard to be the right guy for you. But the truth is, I'm not. And Lana says, Clark, you never had to try. And she rides off into the sunset. Yeah. Well, she also basically says, like, you know, you should give me the chance to make my decision. And he's basically like, no, it's the kind it's basically and it's an annoying superhero trope. But it's the same thing we see in uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. It's yeah, this, and memory Jane. Yeah, it's like you see it in the everything where it's like the hero can't find can't risk love because he doesn't want to put those that he cares about in harm's way. It sort of it sort of dates back all the way to the Christopher Reeve Superman movie. Yes, no, it it goes all the way back to that because it's in the Batman movies, all of them, like all of them. It's in all the other TV shows. I think it was like a big part of Lois and Clark as well. It's been a part of uh, Flash, Supergirl, Arrow, like every single show and every single like superhero movie. It's always an aspect of it. Well, I don't know about Arrow because no, with um with like the whole thing with felicity yeah he like breaks up with her for a while because he doesn't want to put her in danger yeah because i was, I was about to say like she knows from the jump it's not that she doesn't know everything it's that like i need he to doesn't want to risk it yeah they push the people they love away to keep them safe because all of it like prior to her every single uh every, like one of his love interests can just kick ass mm-hmm uh huntress like it's actually kind of funny it was like i watched that um the death of superman movie and the whole the doomsday one like that's like actually the whole thing where part of the story is uh superman wondering like if he should tell lois and he talks to barry about it and and barry's like what do you mean like yeah i told her but that's like what marriage is you share things like but yeah like it's and then yeah like you're saying with green arrow like both in the comics and in the show like all of his love interests kick ass. Even um, which is a character most people probably forget. I think it was either season one or two. Like he was dating that cop. Yeah, Janina Gavankar, or however you pronounce her last name, who was in Battlefront Two. Yeah, she was. Uh, she's famously in for like sports nerds. Is um, she was in the league, which is all yeah. the people from uh, <laughs> yeah, she, Shiva Kamini. Yeah, the 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 name of that the the trophy, the trophy yeah. is named after. And but uh, you had her, Huntress, Sarah, and Laurel. Um, Felicity. The only one that really couldn't hold her own was probably the reporter, but the, he dated her for like a minute. I don't think there was actually stuff with with them. No, they dated in the show. No, I mean like it's. I don't think I've ever I've actually seen any scenes with them actually doing stuff like that. Oh, in Arrow. Yeah, I think there was a time with him and Felicity where he kind of pushed her away um well basically you could say like him going to jail was part of that but it's that self-sacrifice to protect the ones you love and you push them away yeah he, it's less with him than any of the other, other characters like it happened in flash it 100 percent happened in flash and supergirl less so in narrow but yeah 
But um, yeah, that kind of closes out uh, these pair of episodes. I actually you know, think it was good to just go through them together because they are. It is a two parter. Also, I will say this: Smallville always has like every season, even season eight, has just like bangers for like return episodes. An exa- like another example being next season with Lois, uh, season five with Zod. What's well, kind of something you have to do in order to get people. No, no, I mean, I mean how strong they are. Yeah, I mean, but like, it's something you should do to yeah, make sure people stay with that, the show. It's something that certain shows, I, won't, I mean, I won't name any, Flash uh, had had issues with. Yeah, for this, yeah, there's problems. But um, I guess, I, I, I wouldn't actually say, like, I think I don't even have, like, an MVP for these two episodes, because I think everybody's kind of killing it. Yeah, everyone's pulling their weight, everyone's doing great things. No, actually, no, there is, there is, there are LVPs. Oh, I, yeah, I, I'm saying like, I can't name an MVP because literally there's like everybody is awesome. Like Rosenbaum's awesome. Um, Glover's awesome. Schneider's awesome. Welling is awesome. Uh, Annette O'Toole is awesome. Like even uh, Kirk is awesome. Uh, I think in her like very limited scenes, she does a good job. Chloe's kind of whatever. I guess my weakest player in this is Helen. No, there's a weaker one. Who is that? tattoo face oh god yeah just for being tattoo face and his death <laughs> yeah. oh yeah and like rutger hauer i think plays it great like he like his scene with lionel is also awesome like i really dig like those scenes as well and do you remember the scenes like where or the, the like the stuff with him this season yes i remember the story no i mean do you remember the actor like the way he spoke and everything because actually it was a pretty good job the way they, they oh the someone... other one no no i don't remember it he actually sounds you can, there's, it's sort of like the whole regeneration thing with Doctor Who. Oh, what's funny is I feel like this character, that this Morgan Edge character is literally what like they saw to put Rutger Hauer in Batman Begins because he's kind of playing the same character, just like more white collar version. Yeah. Which I don't even remember what the name of that character is. That's a good question. I feel like, was it Powers? Because I think Powers is like one of those characters as well. Uh, Earl. I mean, that's... Yeah, I guess, like, he basically... They could have made him Morgan Edge, or they could have made him... I can't remember what Powers was. I'm not talking about, like, Mac, like not... What was his name? He was more of, like, a Batman guy, I think. All right, well, I think that just about wraps us up. Uh, quick round of plugs. Me and Alan also do another podcast every Thursday on this channel, which is Legion of Tune, where we... T- not Legion of Tune, which is... Um, and now comics where we talk about comics with John Seiler and Connor McGraw and sometimes no, 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 sometimes Connor Con- Irving Con- yeah, sometimes and- Connor McGraw yes um, and a bu- hopefully a bunch of other people we also have every Thursday as part of the Los Haro podcast Empire we do Legion of Tune with the two of us uh, sometimes Gary Gilmore sometimes John Seiler and where we talk about everything animated um, we should be finishing up s- the first half of season three of Young Justice this week and I, I got spo- and I, like and I can't believe I got spoiled by a I YouTuber. Ex- <laughs> I, I got spoiled about a certain character from season two who something happened to them. He's a speedster. Oh well, don't spoil me. I haven't no, watched them yet. I won't. And um, you also do a yes. Podcast. I, I record that in a f- about four hours. <laughs> four hours from now. Uh, Lasar Games podcast. We passed one thousand plays. All the, are the total plays despite. Or even though we're are, we're sitting at fifteen episodes of the actual show, and I have three LPs I'm doing: I, Star Trek Evolution, Saturday Morning Yu-Gi-Oh, and my playthrough of Telltale's Walking Dead. So look forward to that. All right, so we will catch you guys next week. I'm Lou Gonzalez. I'm Alan Muir, and this podcast stands for truth, justice, and the American way. <laughs>